Today's episode of the Propaganda Report is partly the result of a tangential conversation that Monica and I had while we happened to be recording, and partly the result of a desire to help people understand just how deeply connected Jeffrey Epstein is to the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation because there has been some propaganda trying to misdirect people. During the first part of the episode, while there will be no locker room talk, we do cover subjects such as... How bogus stories planted in the media can subvert our search for truth. The challenges of finding good information that they don't want you to find. Hillary's ongoing communist propaganda campaign. And how understanding propaganda reveals the illusion and makes anything possible. In the second half, working from court documents and not misinformation, we discuss the actual strong connections between Jeffrey Epstein and his pedophile ring and the Clinton Foundations and Bill and Hillary Clinton. And we discuss Bill and Hillary's role in helping a group of international pedophiles get full immunity against prosecution. And we close the show by comparing Bill and Hillary Clinton's connections to Jeffrey Epstein with that of Donald Trump, revealing who comes out clean and who should probably be in federal prison. With that said, due to the tangential nature of the start of the show, we're going to let you dive right in right now. They are putting that in the basket of deplorables, too. I, I really think you know, they, that's they, exactly what's going on. They neutralize yeah. real stuff that you find in the deep web by throwing it into the basket of deplorables. Yes, that's exactly what's happening with this case, with this Epstein case. It, it, it's being I attached that. to the, the <laughs> deplorable. Yeah, it, it's anybody who says anything about it is crazy fringe racist. Here's what happened. This, this New York cop comes out, and apparently he's an informant. I don't even know if it's a real person or not, but um, – and he apparently says that he has information into the uh, – the, uh, it was the Wiener thing. It was the Wiener desktop, laptop. He has information about what's on Wiener's laptop, and it's damning information that connects Hillary and Bill Clinton to pedophile island to orgy sex with underage kids to just all this Epstein stuff, like the bombshell Epstein information that probably does exist. Mm-hmm. But is going to be discredited right. now because this guy who apparently said that he was going to get information, he hasn't released any information about it. So it was essentially <laughs> he's re- an uns- unsubstantiated claim, and here's what happens. Yes, Everybody, this is what you were explaining to me. Everybody in the media has picked up this unsubstantiated claim because they're all they're all spewing propaganda for Hillary. And here's an article my friend sent me. I had I had one friend message me and say, I finally looked up that pedophile stuff because he was genuinely interested. And then he said, and then I found out that Trump <laughs> yeah. that Trump raped a thirteen year old girl right. with Jeffrey Epstein. And I had to explain that that story has been that that case has been dropped twice. It's bogus. It was brought originally by somebody who was a producer for the Jerry Springer show. The and girl, that girl just canceled a press conference saying she was afraid for her for her life. But right. we don't even know if she exists. We don't even know what her name. There's no real name, no evidence yeah. whatsoever. That but press one story was never going to happen. One story was presented. A hundred other websites. This is a bogus story. A hundred websites pick up a bogus story. They all spread it out. So when people go to search the internet, all they see is a hundred websites saying that Trump raped a 13-year-old girl, and they, people can't go research all of them. They don't realize that those hundred sites are all just a, 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 a replica of the, one, of the one site. I mean almost verbatim, just yeah, copy. Yeah. Not a hundred people yes. doing fact-checking. If you really I've, – I've noticed that before. There was something about uh, the Chattanooga shooter guy um, – 
where every there were they said maybe he was Palestinian or something, but he wasn't. He was like Kuwaiti. <laughs> yeah, and Kuwait is an ally of ours. So I see something like Kuwaiti. Uh, or Jordan or whatever, and you're just like, wait a second, those are our guys. It's like when Saudi Arabia is in on 9-11. It's like, wait a second, those are our guys. So they said he was Palestinian, so I kept clicking through. I kept looking. It even came up on the National Review, which is a mainstream news, and I kept clicking through and clicking through, and it all went back to the same place, and the ultimate source, when you clicked through, was an ad. It's all bogus, an ad. It was I mean, an ad, all- like an ad that said that defined Palestine or something. Like it was a wiki, brought you to the Wikipedia definition of whatever you know what i mean it was a hot link but it was just a definition (laughs) yeah and it's that happens all the time because it's so it's so much easier for people to people online are trying to build their they're trying to build traffic to their websites like 99.99 percent of people don't give a rat's ass about the, the legitimacy of the information they're trying to drive traffic so they're just they're blatantly copying these other bogus stories half the people that are posting these stories probably don't even realize that they're fake. Should I point out that this is episode 10 of the Propaganda Report? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, let me tell you what this story says right here. This 10 point. minutes into our conversation, we might uh, <laughs> tell people what we're talking about. They'll figure it out. Okay. So <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends, he's just surrounded by, by this just people buying in to everything Hillary Clinton right now. People who think people who are who think Hillary Clinton who openly promotes and provokes World War 3 on a regular basis think that she's a, a humanitarian who isn't oh. going to lead us into war. Oh, I know. That's the thing. It's it's this silencing the anti-war left or they call it left cover where they make it's this pathocracy concept that where the government's the opposite like of it's actually against you. They it, make her look like she that's how, why they gave Obama the peace prize. So he could last year in 2015 he dropped 20,000 bombs on Syria, but that gave him cover. Yeah, because people don't – because that goes back to foreign policy stuff we've talked about. It's so distant, and, and that doesn't affect us and it's, except when it's in, in the news politically that people don't realize it. And I was telling my friend who, who, who is a great guy, and he's like, I hate war, he, and he totally hates war. And I'm like, if you hate war, you don't want to support Hillary they Clinton. They call her Hillary. Hillary. She laughs at rapists and murderers. She laughed at killing Gaddafi. And that country, you know how much death and destruction has been rained down on that country? And she laughed at being the one who Who sparked that. Yeah. Yes. And and I just, before we move on past the Trump thing, it's, I was watching, I think maybe during the World Series or whatever, I saw a, uh, an ad, a Hillary ad. And it was all about what a piece of crap Trump is with uh, respect to women. And I was just thinking how insane it is that the, that Hillary can actually make ads about the other guy being the sexual harasser. And, And that goes kind of to the identity politics thing all week long. 
We talked about this in the last episode. All week long, it I saw the gold star um, speaker at the DNC, the Muslim guy whose son died in the war, getting out the Muslim vote. Obama and Michelle have been getting out the black vote. Tim Kaine, who speaks Spanish, is getting out the Spanish vote. Didn't you have Lena Dunham getting out the gay vote? Lena Dunham's getting out the um, child molester, <laughs> the incestual child molester. Incestor gay, disgusting. right. Yes. Um, so and then Hillary is supposed to be the one getting out the women vote, but that and that's half the country. So and probably more than half the voters. She couldn't afford to not get that vote out. And that's why I always think that Trump, one of the many, many reasons I think he's a total setup from the beginning. He was a guy they could make look like this and actually give her the moral high ground exactly the way Romney was the only Republican in the world who did not have the moral high ground on Obamacare, the only issue. Because Romney implemented it in Massachusetts. So they take the guy, you know, this is a lose on purpose scenario. This is my opinion that there's only one party and this is all a psyop. They, the person who they want to win, they get the other person to be even weaker on that person's greatest weakness. So with Obama, it was Obamacare. And for Hillary, it's that her husband is a dangerous person to be living in the White House, at at least if you care about individual women who might be victims. Yes, but there's also that they're going to do that to whoever the the opposition is. They're they're going to give those characteristics to to them and they're going to – and given Donald Trump is a pretty easy target – Right, a Billy Bush interview right, where exactly. he does that crazy stuff. They knew that too. I mean, Jeb Bush ran against uh, Trump. Like there's there's no reason that they shouldn't have uh, come out with that sooner. Yeah, and what, what we were just talking about, and uh, we were kind of scattered, but uh, I think I can uh, kind of align all of this. Uh, what we were just talking about a second ago with Hillary is te- saying the opposite. She's accusing her opposition of doing what she on a regular basis does. And this is true in the fact that she's racist. It's true in the fact that she abuses women. It's true in the fact that she is a war hawk and wants to start World War III. It's true in the fact that her and her husband have the real connections to Jeffrey Epstein and Pedophile Island. And it's true. It's like five other things that I, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I, there was something about a Chinese billionaire guy who Trump tried to do business with. But the real story, this was in the Wall Street Journal this week. The I real story was that, yeah, he, he was in jail or or his associate. I can't, I don't have the story in front of me, but where he, the real story was that he was uh, in deep in campaign finance fraud for Bill Clinton. So that again, like when they bring yeah. that stuff out to whitewash that guy. So you can't yes. use that this against that communist propaganda. This, oh. is, this is a max communist propaganda. Yes. Maxim two. This is what hit, even though Hitler wasn't a communist, this is what Hitler used to, well, to they, take over Germany. Yeah. It's what Lenin used. It's a, a, a perfect example. If anybody wants to see a perfect example of it on, on a, on a specific case, it's the second presidential debate. It's immediately following the second presidential debate, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to relate this back to this Epstein thing too. Is the second presidential debate? Hillary comes out to she goes and she's interviewed by Ellen DeGeneres afterwards, and she totally plays the victim. Totally plays the victim. She says, "Oh, I could just feel him stalking me around the stage, and I knew he was going to dominate the space, and he was lurching over my shoulders, and it was so weird." And then Saturday Night Live spoofs it, and then it's all over the media about how Trump stalked her like a rapist on the stage. Yet, when you go back and watch the video, Trump 
hardly moved from his area the entire time. Hillary stood up five different times in a row, even when questions were not asked from that section, and walked directly over in front of Trump and planted right in front of him so the cameras could frame. And you can even see the cameras not letting Trump get out. Trump notices the cameras and tries to walk out of frame, and the camera reframes it. For no, there's absolutely no reason for the framing they have on this. It's it's framing <laughs> well, him like Michael Myers. The idea of him lurking over her or whatever is actually the opposite of the impression you get when you watch those debates, because what he's actually doing is kind of slouching. He at first blamed it on his microphone not working. But when I saw it, I was like, this guy is not making the most of his height. And Jeb Bush did that in the primaries. You might have been the one to point that out to me. Jeb was actually taller even than Trump, who's quite tall. Yes. And he would come out there and really hunch over so because being tall is such an advantage if you want to look like the guy in charge. And what you want to do is stand up straight. With Hillary, he he needs to – because the, anything – they framed it. Yes, because then he'll look like what she's saying he looked like, which right. he didn't. <laughs> no, he does in these in these shots. In these specific shots, the specific framing of these shots is the framing that you would use in, in a horror movie. It includes the person in the background so that it looks like the person in front is having you know a regular day and they're talking to the people in front of them and they have no idea like it's like a it's like a dual focus. Cut that out. Cut that up and put it in the show notes. I can. Yeah. Uh, actually, I do have some of it cut up already. I just need to finish. I'd I need like to, to finish that up a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish really that up and action. I'll put it in the. It's it's unbelievable. She gets up and plants directly in front of him. He, he never moves, and she pushes this narrative of how he stalked her around the stage dominant so it just it's that whole communist propaganda thing of her having a specific plan also it relates back to how bill clinton did the same thing in 92 it was his idea to use these town hall forums except he didn't have the help of the camera people hillary obviously had the help of the camera people and they staged and scripted everything and then she goes out and she starts saying that he did exactly what she had done and everybody just buys it concept behind Orwellian newspeak where and communists and fascists and whatever all had these deep psychological revelations. I think there was just a burst of control psychology a hundred years ago where or less where that stuff came out. So you could see Orwell, who wasn't Orwell a uh, military intelligence guy. I believe he was. I think so. And they do this. They kind of get you used to it. Or it's, I don't know if it's called predictive programming or what it is, but they get you, they show you the dystopian future. So you're ready for it. So you're not shocked and horrified by it. You just deal with it as it unrolls. But that part of that was that the opposite peace means war. Yes, exactly. The opposite of what you're saying. Yeah. So, but here's the thing about like uh, your friend with the Trump raped the 13 year old, they believing that meme. The I'm going to call them the deplorables because I started on Gab, like it's a Twitter alternative. Yeah. And I mean, like everybody <laughs> is a deplorable on there, like a, a proud. I'm picking this up deplorable. And uh, so I feel like it's it's not a pejorative. It's an own it, you know, like queer, like just own it. So the deplorables, I'm going to call them like when when he is obviously falsely accused of the 13 year old rape thing or you know, not credibly accused. And 
That's used by Hillary, whose husband is credibly accused of as much uh, more. Then they love him more. It is super polarizing because then he looks, Trump looks like the victim. You know what I'm saying? Like they know it's BS because they are disposed. They know, they see what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like it has a dual focus, a dual Oh, part. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And so that's. It, it feeds the Hillary it's true fragments. believers. Yeah. And it, and it, um, in a reactionary way, feeds the Trump true believers. And then yeah. you've got the middle people, the swayables, who just get the headlines, just get the memes. And they're the ones who, even the headline that said 13 year old rape accuser, your Trump rape accuser, cancels press conference over death threats, you know, but so they believe that headline, but they never dig in, you know, the swayables I'm talking about who are just constantly bombarded for, you know, most people have to go to work, whatever. I'm not criticizing them, but they're constantly bombarded by this stuff. Right. Unless you actually are like me and are like, what? Like this Iowa shooting guy shot the two cops. First, this is the story. The story is that he shot the cop. Then caught him unawares alone at one in the morning. Then two miles away, this is a really important detail, two miles away and 20 minutes later, I think it was, he, a cop who was responding to the call of the shot cop was also caught alone and unawares and killed by this guy. What? Yes. And I mean, that's just not a story that makes sense. So who you look at the headline of the Iowa cop and then unless you're like me and like, I want to know the details because I just want to know if anything about this story hangs together. Same thing with like the 13 year old rape victim. Who is she? You know, the Virginia Roberts person, she has a name. She has a lawyer. Uh, There's there's a lot of of her with Prince. Andrew, or is that his name? Andrew? Yes, yes, yes. This is the Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, one of his victims. There's obviously a lot of meat on those bones, but they, but you have to, you just have to dig in it. That is the power of this, of the social media, of media, of the technology. And um, I might point out it's a very complicated story. So maybe we'll save it for a little later in the show. Not not complicated, but robust about this Vernon Jordan calling upon big tech to protect us from unfiltered information. It's a pretty crazy story, but it just shows you the power that the media has now and is going to continue to have in yes. filtering and curating these uh, penetrate your brain in one burst memes that that really... I mean, nobody can, nobody can do the research to keep up with this. Right. As soon yeah. as you trust, like Facebook, you're doomed <laughs> because right. those headlines and, 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 that's, and they know pollute that. your brain. Because our brains, literally the way they work, we have to have some sort of stability and certainty, and we have to find things that, that we trust. And when we find those – it, it it becomes automatic. We develop a reflex towards certain sites and we uh, – towards some sites and against other sites. So it takes active cognitive work to to dig deeper into stories because we're most vulnerable to being manipulated by our favorite sites. Well, that's why I shocked and exasperated those people I've talked about twice already now who I said, well, if you believe – just don't believe anything in the mainstream, the mainstream media that doesn't have evidence or sources. And the people got upset because they're like, but I, 
I chose that. You know, that's that's my only hope. Like, what do you yeah. I, I wouldn't even know what to do if I had to. And it's like when you get old, if you if you know people like I look at my parents or other you know, aunts and uncles and stuff, if they if they had a wayward child or something, you know, there's lots of those in my family. You can look back and and wonder what you did wrong and maybe change your view of the world. But like almost no one is emotionally strong enough to do that when they're like 70 or 80. You know, they don't they can't look back and think I was so fundamentally wrong in my basic view of how the world works that I sacrificed a child to it. You know, like you cannot go back and think that everything that you've worked for, everything you've believed, the way you think of the world is, is, uh, is fundamentally wrong. Is that, is that too, uh, harsh? I don't mean to be critical. We're going to have some people driving off the ledge. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I really don't like to psychoanalyze people. I don't like to get into other people's heads. It's none of my business. I'm not trying to evaluate or judge or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying there is no, something. I get what really, you're saying. It's really disturbing. And, and it can, it can happen even to, if you're, not that old, but if if you if you struggle just to understand what the Wall Street Journal is trying to tell you, you really are going to be bummed that that feeling of triumph, like oh, I've been following the story, I really get it, I can discuss the story. You're going to be really bummed if yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can't believe you fell for that. It's like you know, that's why I make people mad. Well, I think there's a couple ways to to look at that. There's it, it is. I mean, it is. We have we we've all had basic premises shattered. I mean, that, that continues to happen throughout our, uh, throughout our entire lives, and usually it always happens. We hold on to certain beliefs until we can't hold on to them anymore. Is is what happens? But unless I, we... I would say it happens where people can't hold on anymore, and they start getting a little crazy. Right, you're drinking too much. Civilization, like civil civilization, is we're all a little neurotic because we're not our we're not. Oh. Technology sure. has far out out uh, yes. advanced us in the in in evolution than we have, and and it makes us neurotic. It yes, does. and that's actually now required. It reminds me of that CIA guy who was a head. I told you about this, the head of counterintelligence, counterespionage, who had to find the double agents in the CIA and among the defectors from the Soviet Union. He was a completely paranoid freak and he was the best yeah. ever at his job because he didn't trust anybody i told you this he said he kept a russian defector in solitary confinement for four years right. beating him into confessing that he was still working for russia Jeez. and all these years have passed i don't think he was but that's the thing if you this this info misinfo disinfo which is a a stated policy of the government that was Cass sunstein's memo uh, Obama's informations are that you must fight underground and alternative information with disinformation and counter disinformation. It is designed that the layers of the onion are meant to be confusing and irreconcilable. Yeah, and that, yeah. that will really, I think, leads to like drug abuse. Honestly, I really well, think it, it makes it people crazy. Let me uh, let me say something about that so people don't drive off the the cliff and uh, then let's 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 get to this uh, this site thing because we teased it uh, the the story going on that a lot of people are talking about with Epstein um, but I think there's a couple ways to go with that there's a lot of people that simply just turn off the news because it is so negative all the time and the intent is to divide people and I'm not opposed I I, I would not criticize someone who actually did that because. 
you know, Lenin, he only made people, he only taught people to read and write so that he could manipulate them. Because if, if you don't know what the propaganda, if you, if you don't understand the propaganda, you're not interested in it and you don't care about it, then, then it doesn't have an effect on you. So a lot of That's people. That's why they give poor people smartphones. You're right. And televisions exactly free. They, and yeah. Thomas Jefferson said people who read nothing are better educated than people who read nothing but newspapers right that's what that's what like Lenin and all these other people they they had to get the that's why the the basic level of like education provided by the state is intended for pre-propaganda it's preparing you to be able to be propagandized for the rest of your life it's putting those buttons in yes my son who has down syndrome really confuses everything he learns at school all the time. It's really hard to get him to think linearly. There are two things that he repeats all the time. He ta- he repeats that we are monkeys <laughs> and that Trump is a racist. I mean, those are the two things. He cannot add one plus zero. And he's 14. Those are probably the, are those the banners that are hanging on the school wall? I don't, I don't know, but all I know is in, and now I realize in retrospect why every class, every year, the same history was taught. Like they never had a plan where like they would do history in chronological order or by country or anything. It was just always the same stuff over and over again, year after year when I went to public high school. And I and so I'm just saying they can actually penetrate your brain with the most what they consider to be the most important propaganda. And my kids who go to a private school don't don't say the same stuff over and over again. They they, you know, they have more classical education, and it's totally different from being propagandized. It's anyway. So right, there's a the the positive side of of, of looking at this, the idea of of analyzing the propaganda and analyzing our own belief systems and stuff is one. Our belief systems evolve throughout our entire lives anyway, and when we learn new things, we have new experiences. They 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 you know they evolve evolve and they synthesize. And two. It's a freeing and liberating experience to free ourselves from the the bounds of the left or the right or this property or this side or that side. It's it, it makes you realize that a lot of the barriers that were put up as we grew up, the things that said that we could not do certain things that because because of this or because of that or this isn't possible. Or only, only certain people can do this. Only certain people can do that. All of those barriers fade away because you realize it's all a big illusion, and you realize that all those rules that are created. There's social rules. There's those social rules about, for example, you have to go to college and get a degree in order to make a certain amount of income. That is a propaganda tool, and we saw that with Bernie Sanders. The whole but it's idea backed of- up by policy. They made a law that people don't even know about, Griggs v. Duke, where they're not allowed. You're not an employer is not allowed to use an IQ test, so they force you to go. To bring a different credential, right? But which- the, that's not that's changing though. The companies, top companies, are no longer they don't trust the college degree anymore. It, it's it's losing all trust in top businesses, right? Like Google, um, some of the some of the top international consulting firms in the world. They 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 said we realized we were preventing very creative and talented people from applying to jobs by having that college degree requirement. And the college degree requirement, we realized quite often. They weren't bringing in creative type thinkers, and so we decided to get rid of it altogether because it's losing its value. Because everybody's getting one, and you know, if we push for this free education, you have to uh, give me a little something to back that up. I want to read the article. I have videos on it. I have articles on it. Let's put that in the show notes too, because Um, uh, that's really a hopeful sign. I I want to. 
you know, I kind of want to drill down into it. Yeah, definitely. I want to um, I want to clarify because sometimes this can be misinterpreted. I'm not saying that there's not value in having a college degree because I have one myself. What I'm saying is, is that the propaganda has turned it into a box to check, and it's made it. It's made it in the eyes of the public a gatekeeper as to whether or not you're going to get a good job and have a good life. You know, if you get one, maybe you'll be okay. If you don't, you're doomed to fail. That's the idea that's propagated. Bernie Sanders even pushed this during his campaign with a tweet alluding to the idea, the crazy idea that like you might you're probably going to go to prison if you don't get a college degree, so you need to vote for Bernie because he's got, you know, free education, which is a totally bogus concept because it's not about that, but it makes when that's the idea that's propagated, it makes people only focus on getting that checkbox as opposed to getting the important thing, which is the knowledge and skills that you can then in turn apply in the future in the real world to help people solve their problems and get what they want. And that's what it's about. It's about helping people with the totality of your knowledge, skills, and experience, applying what you have to help others solve their problems and get what they want, regardless of where you learned it from. Whether you learned it from a university or you learned it on your own, you might have taught it to yourself. People want to know how you can help them achieve what they need. And so it's about if you become a good problem solver, like Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, he wasn't like, any specific Benjamin Franklin, everything he 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 solved problems is what he did. But a lot of people don't realize he he helped uh, he he invented the flexible catheter, one, the form of it that we use today. And it wasn't because he was uh, a doctor or an engineer specifically focused on that. It was because his brother was in pain and he had one of those clunky metal catheters. Oh, ow. And, and he thought about it and he solved the problem because he wasn't limited to the bounds of I have to follow this specific science or I have to follow these specific rigid rules in medicine or these specific. He was. He was um, broad, broad thinking and a problem solver. See, uh, what's I always it think that multidisciplinary. I, yes, uh, and two things. One is I always think that for my kids, I say to my husband, I'm like, we should save the college money and give it to them. You know, let them uh, use the money to build a house and sell it. You know, something like that. And my husband's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, look what happens to all. You know, if you. My family has tended to have that philosophy, and uh, it doesn't work for everybody. But, right. but when, I, when I read that report from Iron Mountain about the government trying to figure out how to keep society in this strict hierarchical structure, they got 15 different people, and every one of them had to be a phenom in uh, more than one discipline. They couldn't yeah. have anybody who's just a single discipline because they wanted like a an integrated, like holistic view of society. Yeah. And that's why, like I, when I started doing my show on WSB, which is coming back soon <laughs> for people who don't know that we have an on-air show, uh, they, I was worried that I didn't know everything about something or everything about everything because you just have all these experts all the time everywhere and you can't how can you even compete with that and then i realized that what you actually need is the opposite you need people like us and yourself you know whoever's listening especially if you have a so-called democracy where you can just look at you know, just take a step back and look at look at if a story makes sense or like what how the world really right. works and evaluate, especially if you have the responsibility for voting. You can never, ever say, well, I just don't understand it. So I have no opinion on that. It's like, OK, then you need to make sure the government does not have a right to do that. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I've learned, and it's 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 good to remind yourself of, as I said, the more you look into this propaganda, the more you see how this kind of applies in the business world and in, in marketing and advertising and stuff too. And you realize that there are always workarounds. There are always, as long as you're focused on what you can help people do and help them accomplish, which starts by understanding them first. But it's also good to when you think about the the experts and stuff and the ideal that that we sometimes think of them as and, and the prestige of it. When you when you really start to, to learn about some of that, yes, people have expertise in certain areas, but largely most people are full of shit. And <laughs> really yeah. they're not I'm not saying everybody's pretend every everybody is full of, of uh you know malarkey in certain areas and everybody has strengths, but everybody's strengths complement each other. So the intimidation factor of like these experts and PhDs and whatever, yeah, but that that, that expertise that they focused on that caused them to not focus their attention on other Absolutely. areas. You can't be a thought leader if you are immersed in the existing structure, which is what happened to me is that I, I was an investment banker and I went to Stanford and Harvard. So I was completely had a lot of intellectual stimulation for better or worse. You know what the content was. I'm. Uh, a little skeptical of, but I worked like a dog many, many hours, really churned out some sophisticated models and all that kind of stuff. But it was only after I had no constraints, like the social constraints of a, of a buttoned up, um, wasn't that buttoned up, but of like an industry where you had to deal with clients and everything and your bosses, you couldn't be like, I don't believe anything in the Wall Street Journal. He'd be like, you can't function like that. You you can't. We base everything on these assumptions and you can't think outside that box. They tell you they want you to think outside the box because they want you to create new revenue streams, but they you can't think outside the box of the assumptions that are critical to the industry. So it was only after I stepped out, was raising my kids and had to answer to nobody from that point of view that I would start looking and say, and this doesn't even make sense. Like, like on the face of it, this is ridiculous. And then you realize that there's more to like, there's another dimension or many dimensions or peel the onion or whatever to how things really work. Right. There's so many, so many avenues. And my point uh, a second ago, wasn't to, uh, it wasn't to 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 bash people who have those specific um, strengths. I, it, it's to say that the people who, because I know I used to be intimidated when I would see somebody who who might have um, a whole bunch, a PhD or might be a, a well known scientist or whatever. It because I would think, man, what who am I? How do I know anything compared to this? But the reality is, we all know something that can help somebody else. It's just a matter of recognizing what they know and what they don't know, and where you can add to it, and understanding that this propaganda that we see makes us believe that we cannot do those things, I think is the positive yes, side. Of I remember this. and this we is, all can. This is some value. This is the kind of value I got from going to those great schools. I knew people at Stanford, specifically I'm thinking Stanford Law School, where they like one guy just taught me how to just look at stuff. Like he was just like, uh, you know, I had a toothache or whatever. He's like, okay, what's the problem? <laughs> like he used to buy dental tools and like work on his teeth. It was so crazy. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. And he was like, look, it's super simple. So then like, like I had dentist. Yeah. I got braces and I kept going back to the doctor afterwards and had like a uh, retainer. It just wasn't right. It wasn't right. And finally I just looked at the thing and I was like, how does this work? I can, I can right. fix this. And so yeah. I just fix it myself now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. wow, I never would have done that. If this guy hadn't taught, like he would say, how much should this cost? This car, this axe, 
how much did it cost? I was like, geez, I have no idea. And he's like, well, just look at it. That's a piece of wood and that's a piece of metal. Like, how do you, how do they make it? How could it possibly yeah, you know, cost that much? That. That, that can't be right. You know, and, I, and that really cha- opened my mind. And, uh, and another thing that, that another friend taught me was like always never generalize. So now you can generalize once you really realize a pattern. It's so undeniable, but yeah. it's a great exercise to take a step back and say, uh, do I know that's true? Do I know this is all BS? Why do I think it's all BS? Oh, well, cause there's no source for the information. So that makes sense. And then I click through, click through, you know, then you check up on the things that your assumptions are and make sure that you that there's evidence for it or no evidence for it. It's just uh, these little mental disciplines that you can do that will open up a whole new world for how you evaluate the truth or the, the what's really going on in the world. But boy, yeah. are we off on a tangent. Right. There, well, we totally <laughs> I'm going to sum it up, sum it up with this. And then I'm going to go back to the story. We tease the at the very, yeah. the mm-hmm. very beginning is in, in my opinion, it's like we're, we're born into a world that has a, a script and we're all kind of assigned roles and those roles are very limited. And sometimes it's not very fulfilling the, the roles we're assigned, but we're led to believe we can't play the other roles or even exceed the script and create the script ourselves well we can we can all improvise and achieve the the plot points ourselves creating our own script in our own world essentially it's just a matter of realizing that that all the other stuff that tells us we can't is simply a facade and it's all propaganda now i'm going to get back to that uh, (laughs) jeffrey epstein story that we teased at the beginning here's the story that my friend sent me and to get back to the start here is there's a story that was released about a, an NYPD cop apparently who says that he's going to release information, you know, damning information that, that uh, links Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton to Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile and orgies with children and stuff like that. And what this does, because he has produced no evidence, is this has essentially diverted people's attention away from the real evidence that exists that actually does connect Jeffrey Epstein to the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation. And here's one of these stories. It says, how a completely false claim about Hillary Clinton ended up all over Facebook, a case study in how misinformation is being created and spread during the election. Like this person might not even realize, this BuzzFeed writer, that they're spreading misinformation. Wow. In the span of just a few days, a conspiracy theory about the Clintons and other government figures being involved in a global human sex trafficking and pedophile ring has moved from fringe websites. It's getting to all right. <laughs> this baseless claim is now all over Twitter. On October 30th, an alt-right Twitter account <laughs> tweeted that the NYPD was looking into was it evidence. called uh, Deplorable? Deplorables for Trump? Was that a big Twitter account? David Goldberg. David Goldberg. (laughs) And so this guy tweeted out that the NYPD is looking into evidence that emails from Anthony Weiner's laptop contained evidence of Clinton involvement in this international child enslavement ring. And the fact is – I saw that. I saw that headline. And I meant to get back to it. I was like, wow, I can't believe she was in on it. I can't believe Wiener had something to do with that. That's amazing. (laughs) But I never followed up on it. But that headline stuck in my brain. Right, exactly, and that, and that, and that. See, people were already researching it, right? So when there's a flow of of, uh, when the public, the momentum builds, and people are researching it. They can't stop that momentum, but what they can do is they can seed information out there that misdirects their attention so that when they search for the information about it, people find what they want them to find, which is this story. 
because so far there has not been evidence. I hope that evidence does get produced, but since evidence has not been produced, all these websites just like this one have come out and said, here's a, the lynch, the, the lynch or not the lynch, the lunatic fringe is saying a pedophile <laughs> sex ring is about to be exposed. Yet there's no evidence. It's a flimsy account. It's baseless. He hasn't, but I mean, they're just totally bashing it and they have a right to, because there is no, this one particular example hasn't produced any facts, but the facts have been out there for a long time. This is preventing I, people uh, from finding the real facts. I have to say that even the facts that, that are in the lawsuit that you've talked about that are in the Epstein case, even those facts, in my opinion, that isn't even the real story. I mean, oh, this yeah. guy was a CFR, Council of Foreign Relations guy, a trilateral commission guy. He uh, would debrief these girls after they let me were stop, Let me stop you for a second. To let, to, let me stop you for a second to let the listeners know. This isn't us speculating. This is coming verbatim from the court documents in the case. So we, we've gotten this from the source, not from any of this any of these websites online. It's so sorted and 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 the I mean I'm not gonna I'm gonna let you Binkley uh, tell whatever you want about the story, but the story itself is so uh, it's not even, it doesn't stop at the sex thing. It, it, what's important about it, not only is it like they're friends with deeply involved with this, uh, uh, underage sex slaves, but that the FBI, Ken Starr worked to absolutely exonerate this guy to protect his accomplices, to protect the the perpetrators, not the victims. One guy, we can talk about it if you want, who was a whistleblower, spent more time in jail than Epstein and ended up dying and was yeah. afraid for his life. Uh, and then there's another layer under that. So that's all the corruption and everything. But the layer under that is the high level operation that this guy you know, I think there's a good reason to investigate why he was debriefing those girls. And if it had anything to do with his very high level uh, um, power elite connections, what role did he have for those people? Right. Yeah. I, it, it would explain why they covered it up. We should explain who Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like this whole show is backwards. Who Jeffrey Epstein Let's is. Start with what? Who's what? Binkley, hold on a second. Who is Jeffrey Epstein? What are you talking about? Jeffrey Epstein is a, to help you. <laughs> a, a, a financier. Finance, how do you even say the word? Financier. He finances things. He got his money. Apparently his mentor – one of his mentors apparently gave him – it was real odd. Oh, yeah. Gave that him was like odd. Tons of money. I mean he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. He yes, owns – he had the most expensive private residence in Manhattan. Yes, and he also – Owns an island, which wait, is- wait, hold on. So he gave he, somebody gave him that. I remember vaguely that part of the story, and I just read today that Ghislaine Maxwell, who's his supposed madam, someone gave her. That's an important name for the listeners to remember. Yes, she was the daughter of Baron Robert Maxwell, who jumped off a boat or was thrown or pushed or deep fell. ties to the Clintons too. Yes, and um. I think he has deep ties to Mossad as well. So that's the the kind of deep state stuff. And she, somebody gave her this, uh, this big 
townhouse in Manhattan that she's, I think, selling for $16 million, but they gave it to her. You know, like these people are put in position for, you know, that that's the kind of those are the kind of details that make me think this story is deeper than just the pedophiles, deeper than the cover up. I'm it's, sure it is. goes to how it's the, the, way the, the lizards. Yes, how the lizards control the humans. No, like that's a funny analogy to use, but you and I have talked even offline about how do how does the conspiracy, how do those high level people control all these guys who have big egos? And and one tried and true way, look up the Franklin cover up is a big one. Where they, they yeah. yeah, they they invite you to a party. You're a freshman congressman. They invite you to a party. They slip you a roofie. They put you in the room with a young boy, and they take pictures of it. And you are theirs forever, right? And, and, and yeah, and what, so I don't know if this stuff is that, but the all the pieces of it, it make me want to know, want to dig into this story and not stop short at oh, Anthony Weiner's laptop was on Orgy Island. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's 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 lay out because exa- we need to we need to make sure people know who I think a lot of people listening probably already have an idea who Epstein is, but he he owns an the short of it is he owns an Orgy Island, he finances a lot of projects, he is a uh, he does a lot of philanthropy and his his philanthropy is kind of like that of the Rockefellers in that there's a lot of ulterior motives there that, that, that's going on, and he elites. He's very he's very popular among elites around the world because they fly into this orgy island and have sex with underage girls. He has a plane nicknamed the Lolita Express. Lolita is a book written about a middle-aged man who gets into a sexual relationship with his 12-year-old stepdaughter. That's that's what he calls his plane. The orgies that happen on his plane. Again, there's the island, and here's the connection with the Bill Clinton, with the Clintons, and and he's connected to Donald Trump too. It's important that we bring this up because anytime somebody, and this is going to happen even more so now because of this news article, because not only does this news article discredit legitimate claims, when people search this, they also get the, that story we talked about, the 13 year old rape. So it makes them believe that Trump is the one who's raping people, and that the Clintons are innocent, which it's reversed. Because Trump, while he – well, as far as the infor- – what the information shows so far is that Trump has – is the only one who cooperated with people when it comes to the Jeffrey Epstein case because Jeffrey Epstein got busted for having sex with underage girls. He had 40 victims, and it was in the state of Florida. He had 40 victims. He was found to be guilty, and he ended up getting a plea deal. That's the short of it. The plea deal he got, he probably would have served, served what some of these lawyers have said, decades in jail had it been any other person. But because he had so That's much money very interesting. and so much power, yeah, his lawyers – like, and a lot of it is linked to that, um, that book you talked about because that book – didn't oh, get to I, the didn't, I didn't mention the, the book in this episode. I was just uh, referred to it obliquely. This guy, uh, Alfredo Rodriguez, was the butler of Epstein, and he uh, he was worried for his life. So he swiped Epstein's address book. I guess he felt like he knew too much and things were closing in and he knew that these people were, or he thought these people were dangerous. So he thought that the FBI could not be trusted. And from these court documents, I agree with him. The court documents you're talking about, hopefully yes. we can link them. He So he took the, the little black book, which was not black, I don't think, but like the little address book. And instead of going to the FBI with it, he went to the defendant's lawyer's he went to the ones who were suing or pressing charges against Epstein. And uh, those lawyers, now I thought it was nasty of those lawyers to do, but 
when I think about it, I did work in a law firm for a summer. I went to law school. You went to law school. And I was a banker, which we always ran everything through our lawyers. Lawyers don't tell you to do anything illegal. They don't do anything illegal. They were they had to turn this over. And so they did. Ends up this guy, Alfredo Rodriguez, spent more time in prison, in a worse prison than Jeffrey Epstein himself for what they said he was suppressing evidence, which because he didn't come for he didn't bring it to the FBI, brought it to these other lawyers instead. And like I said, he was afraid for his life when he got out of prison. He died of some illness. So he's gone. Some mysterious illness. I don't know what it was. I can't remember, but it doesn't matter because all I saw was words on a page. He died of an illness, whether it was cancer or whatever they said on that page. You know, we're talking about people who are seriously above the law here. So who knows what? I mean, plenty of autopsies have had uh, screwy um, mistakes in them. And and who knows? I mean, anyway, so that was... uh, that was the books that you were just referring to. Right. And it had all those names and numbers in it. I want yeah, to establish Trump's name, Trump's name was in that. Trump's but name, he yes. knew Epstein. It's right. well established he knew Epstein. Trump's a lot a lot of celebrities knew were was in this book. Just to establish how bad of a guy this guy is. Like I said, he had forty victims and this stuff is verified by the FBI in the court documents, in the investigation. They were anywhere from 12 to, to 16, but they were under age. They were underage at the time when he brought them down there. And not only did did he have sex with them, he directed other people. He would he would be like a, a director, and he would make them have sex with certain individuals. And like you said, they would tell him information about them. And then he would also make them have orgies. He would he would lead the abuse, and he would bring these elites down here, and he would allow these elites to abuse these girls, and they'd have to they'd have to accept it. He targeted he targeted he had Giselle Max Maxwell or the yep. woman we just talked about Maxwell. She she was his like first in command, and she would go Gislaine or Gislaine G H I S L I N. I'm going to call her Maxwell from here on out. That's fine. She would go out and scout girls. She was his talent scout, and she would find girls. She would train them on how to massage him. They targeted troubled young girls who who did who had problems with yeah, drugs. See, this is something people need to understand: is yes. that there are psychological manipulative elements to this stuff, which is why the law does not allow minors to consent. Like consent is not a defense. When you have sexual um, interactions with minors because you can manipulate them, intimidate them. There's nobody to protect them. They're powerless. So so even if you if she's not kicking and screaming the whole time, that that's really doesn't. I mean, that's what so so much of like child abuse, incest and stuff like that. And some wanted to leave, too. And and they either couldn't psychologically or that he wouldn't let them leave. Yeah, they're not letting this die. They don't think it was okay. Oh, yeah. So she would train them. She would actually fool around with them also. She was just as guilty. So she assaulted women. I mean, everybody in this organization was guilty, probably because Epstein made everybody do it to compromise them at some certain extent. But she's very highly connected to the Clintons because she had a pretty well, well-known well affair with Bill Clinton back in the day. Really? Yeah. Is that why she was at Chelsea's wedding? I, I don't know, but that well, she was probably actually hiding out at Chelsea Clinton's wedding while she was skipping her deposition for the Epstein civil trial. But I forgot to say something about her earlier. On eleven of those flights that Clinton took on Lolita, where the girls who had stripper names and very vague details were listed in the flight logs, Epstein not Epstein, well Epstein was on there, yeah, but Maxwell was also on there. And that's Maxwell's job. 
She's number two in command. She flies on Lolita to go overseas to procure underage sex slaves to bring back to Epstein's Island so that they can be abused. So she was at work. So unless she wasn't doing her job at the place that she does her job with the people she does her job with, then I don't really know how Bill Clinton could not have known what was going on. I mean, these are bad people who committed really bad crimes, like first-degree felonies, a bunch of them, that carry stiff penalties, like 15 years minimum. I mean, a bunch of the crimes they committed repeatedly have a potential for for life in prison, and they're getting a plea deal, like an insane plea deal. Like here you have Epstein, child abuser, rapes girls on an island on a plane, international sex trafficking of underage girls. And this is – the feds acknowledge this. The feds acknowledge right. that this happened, and they actively worked to give him a deal because he's so powerful. And the way that he got a deal is, one, the feds and Jeffrey Epstein, which by the way, I should, I should say, after he got out of prison – Mm-hmm. Which the prison he paid for, and he only had to stay at night, and he got to leave during the day. Yes, yes, yes. So he slept at a prison. He slept at a really nice, really nice <laughs> prison that he paid for. Right. And that was his sentence. Right. After getting out of jail for assaulting, sexual assault, rape, underage girls, 40 of them, international sex trafficking, he was interviewed, and he said that what he did, raping 40 girls – Leading this a group of people doing this, he said that he's not a monster. What he did is just like stealing a bagel. That's the type of guy <laughs> that this person is. So, well, because he talked them into it. That's why, or he pressured them. I think right. I don't know. I mean, is he, that why I, I shouldn't put? I don't. No, I really he, don't know. I don't know. These people. I don't think know what he's thinking outside of the. Outside but I would these, say, like you say, because he's so powerful, he got that kind of coverage. I, I still, I want to reiterate. I think there's a deeper layer to this. Ken Starr is one of the ones who got this deal. Where, where some of the women procurers, they were like, "Hey, let's call those perpetrators." victims so then we don't have to notify the actual victims of the sweetheart deal we're giving him and it also at the same time gives cover ken Starr. he's the one who exonerated wrote a report exonerating the clintons or i should say in the vince foster death ruling it a suicide that was what his job was ken Starr, and he derailed it into the monica Lewinsky thing which everybody thought was just that overreaction to uh, sexual indiscretion compared to murder, you know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Star. I mean, he, he might just be a fixer. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. He's I mean, probably, this guy, you know, if this guy was, uh, given a nest egg to start out, I'm just saying, I'm not sure that the, the top of the power structure here is Epstein himself. Now what happened is, oh, these, yeah, I don't think these, it is either. so do you want to tell what, what the sweetheart deal was? Epstein, bad dude, pedophile, convicted pedophile. He was labeled, Level three, the worst case pedophile, and level three means that the courts believe he's likely to be uh, uh, recidivist. Yeah, yeah, he's going to do it again. And was in jail, has all these elite friends. Prince Andrew was photographed with one of the girls after he said that he had never met her. This is a girl who also saw Bill Clinton on the island. This is a girl who talked about who, – who revealed a lot of the details about what went down. And her, as you mentioned her earlier, what was her name? Virginia Roberts. Virginia Roberts, that's right. So – the connection – Clinton's connection is that he was buddies with him. He was friends with him. He used to go to Africa with him. He flew, he flew on the Lolita Express 27 times, 27 times. Bill Clinton did? Bill Clinton did, yes. And So he was what could have been considered a co-conspirator. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. The co-conspirator yeah. inside the documents, 
they labeled people co-conspirators. So, so they, that would include some of the people who, whether it's in the documents or not, but some of the people who were accused of being co-conspirators were Prince Andrew, who's Prince Charles's brother in England, uh, Alan Dershowitz, the famous lawyer, Bill Clinton, and then there were other people who were just around. A lot of famous people yeah. were just around. And the co-conspirators have immunity. They're they're part of the deal. Right. So this is a weird, crazy thing. So a bunch of people were um, potential criminals who violated these girls, and these girls could have a right to press charges against these people. But as part of Jeffrey Epstein's deal, Ken Starr and his other lawyers got those got a non-prosecution agreement. So Epstein signed up. His deal, which was a sweetheart deal, hardly any jail time, whatever. So it's not like he was like, I'll take the fall for my friends, put me in jail for 50 years, but just don't touch Dershowitz or Andrew or uh, Bill Clinton. Just uh, it wasn't that he got a cushy deal. He gave up nothing. And they wrote into the deal that a bunch of other people could not be prosecuted based on, you know, in my mind. And I think it's possibly true, like legally true. They're, they would have no right to deprive those victims. I mean, that's what some of the paperwork that you came up with. They do not have the right to deprive those victims of the ability to press charges against those uh, perpetrators without at least running it by the victims and notifying them of the settlement. And they did not. They conspired. Because they to could cover challenge up. it. The victims could challenge yes. the, the deal. And they conspired to cover up the uh this deal to the victims until it was too late i mean there's a lot a lot of evidence that they they conspired to cover it up until it was too late that's in these court documents that some of the ones you sent me and it's blatant it's absolutely blatant absolutely blatant Uh, there the feds in direct communication with epstein epstein allowed to have a say on whether or not Victims get noticed and what language is used in the documents sent to the victims, which is against the law. It, it totally they against have the law. to notify the victims. That's the, what was in that thing. So this is the thing. If you want to get about how the FBI is screwed up, this is what you need to be looking at. Not like Comey wrote a letter that didn't have all the T's crossed. Right. You know, that is not a scandal. Like people are like, what, what's all this email gate? I can't believe you don't think it's a big deal. I'm like, yes, because all they're talking about is form, 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 form. Where was her server? Was there a C on the emails? You know, and this is real conspiracy, real corruption at the right. highest levels, the highest levels. And the Clintons are mentioned. For crimes. Right. And <laughs> against it's women, yeah. young women, girls. girls, little girls, girls. little girls, Hil- Hillary Clinton. I'm with her. Right. But but Hillary Clinton's not with any of these victims yeah, like and that. That crazy uh, commercial you showed me where like the like eight year old is like, I want control over my JJ. That's just like that was in an ad. Right. Yeah. Right. Am I yeah. wrong? No, you have right. to put that ad in the show notes. I don't want to say it. I don't even like to say it. But this is an ad with a child saying it. And it's got the and it has a a, a woman or it has. Bill Clinton in a dress with a big Bill Clinton face on because it's a thing where it's a like man Bill Clinton dressed, for first lady. Yeah. It's, yeah, a man it, in a dress with hairy legs and a Bill Clinton head. Once you understand the Epstein case and then you watch that commercial, it's mm-hmm. sickening. Well, because, when you watch their Trump bashing commercials, it's, it's horrifying. It, it's like this is – Trump's the problem? Right, and Trump's connection too because that's – because usually when you tell people that uh, – 
Bill Clinton's connected. The response is, well, Trump's also a, a powerful rapist. So, That's right. So which, it just neutralizes the issue. This whole entire right. campaign, this whole election season has been about neutralizing the otherwise insurmountable issues against Hillary and Bill. I mean, their crimes are real crimes. They're not crimes of form or process. They're real crimes and and at least enough of a suspicion of real crimes that it should be a deal breaker. Whereas Trump uses foul language and it's uh that gets all the press. <laughs> right. And yeah, and, and just like this, it gets misdirected from the real issue. So Trump, Trump's connection, Trump is also his phone number is in Epstein's book. I believe he also visited his house at one point. And I want to I want to state up front, like when I started researching this case, I started researching it because I I thought that they both were just as bad, just as guilty, and I was just blown away by the fact that we could potentially have two pedophiles it, yeah. Either way, we get a pedophile. Either way, right? That's what right. that's what you have to feel like. Either way, it's super bad. And then. Then I researched yeah. it, and I realized that Trump actually comes out a hell of a lot cleaner on this than, than yes, Bill Clinton I agree. does. Well, no, Trump actually – that's why I think Trump is an actor. I mean he is not – two of his three wives were immigrants. I don't think he's a racist. I think he's an uh, elitist. He's not a racist. He's, yeah, no, but they – they, it's all and, – and oh my gosh, I saw this article in the newspaper this week. It so pulled it together for me. It was about how Ross Perot won so many votes back when, and I – and it was a it was on his anti-free trade, anti-immigration platform, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This is where they got the platform for Trump. They had a lot of data on how people would react, how big the demographic was, who would respond to it. It was ready-made. I, I, it just hit me. So even that, I think that stuff was a, uh, a construct and, and, you know, of how, what to create in the opposition, how to use this election cycle to create. Oh yeah. I mean, opposition they know. and, because they could study how Perot got people excited. Right, and that's that goes back to my point of of the the spies. It's so hard to tell because everybody, even everybody who who's at that level, has access to that kind of data and information, that type of intel. Every even the good guys and the bad guys and the guys in the middle, if they have enough research, if they have a research team and funding, they can get access to that type of information and do the exact same thing. Say that oh. again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, everybody uh, has everybody yeah. has access to, to 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 psychological warfare intel. Every single person does it. Even the good guy can create a, a character profile. Like you and, understand. and me. I, I'm, people with fun, actually, yeah, we probably do if we did enough research. But people with the fun, right, right. People with the yes. funding can can all do that. They can all wage psychological warfare, whether it's for good or evil. So that's why. And they all have to because we don't pay attention because technology and all the other distractions, it's a bunch of people fighting to propagandize us. So we have to choose the propaganda that we accept, which means we have to choose which one is actually serving our best interests, which one is, is genuine, which one is not hiding its true intentions. And that, that requires ah, us. Ah, white propaganda. Yeah. That's, I mean that's what – that's – that's the only way people get our attention nowadays because we don't we, we don't do the um, we don't sit and watch boring hour and a half long speeches when we can uh, watch you know uh, Marvel superhero stuff we don't they have to fight to get our attention 
And so they need they. It's not. I'm not saying it's good. It, it's the fact that they have all this psychological information that they can create these character profiles at will. It, it's it's challenging. It requires us to step back and really use our, our See, critical faculties. Ron Paul, I, I like Jesus as a touchstone because the two RPs, Ross Perot provided the model for Trump, but Ron Paul created the need for you know, that GOP felt they needed. Uh, they'd rather have Ross Perot, who I think was a Bush buddy, rather have Ross Perot than Ron Paul. But Ron Paul really his ability to propagandize was absolutely minimal. He he exactly. was really inarticulate in many ways. Like he would say, they said, what, what's the one thing you regret is like not being very articulate. <laughs> you know, he's a super smart guy, but he went, you know, he, I always think of it like Moses and Aaron where yeah. Moses is like, man, I get tongue tied. I need somebody to speak for me. So this is like a cross between Moses and Thomas Jefferson. But he said he would, he, he would fire people up with ideas like and that was where that young thing comes in where we were saying earlier like you people are, can't be thought leaders if they're in a box if they're one-dimensional that's why you can reach young people because they're not really in that box yet that's why college is so important to propagandize them and to right. get them in that box to jam them in that box right yeah yeah, yeah exactly and he could do it and uh so it's not he impossible didn't he didn't know how to work the media i mean he might know how to work the media but no, he had, did. Had they, he... they they suppressed it there was there's no way well what i mean is if he would have known how to work what i'm saying is trump knows how to work the media no <laughs> I totally disagree. I mean, yes, he knows how to work the media, but if they if they had decided to suppress him, he would have been suppressed. That CNN gave him 25 times the coverage of any other Republican. Fox gave 10 times that it, it, and it was not because of ratings. Those media empires are built on more than just day-to-day ratings. I, I know they are, but they're also these the, the, these people they they have an irresistible attraction to the sensational. And if you're doing the sensational on an ongoing, regular basis, you are going to get paid attention to. You are going, if you know how to stimulate those. Alex Jones is very sensational. He doesn't get Trump type coverage. He gets pretty big coverage. Not like that. I mean, seriously, like but I just. He doesn't have the money that Trump has. I don't know if Trump has that much money. He spent nothing. I don't know. I just don't think so. I think this is 100%. I think we that... need to get back to Epstein. I think we're okay. taking people away. <laughs> it's not because I'm arguing with you, right? You just really. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not impossible to get. I mean, I've gotten in the media with little effort yes, that, whatsoever. That is cool. I get that. I'm just saying this thing is a psyop beyond. I, I, yeah, I know, but yeah. you're, you're, it's. It we, is possible to dominate the media. That is true. Psyop, but when you're real PSYOP. Every, PSYOP isn't only limited okay. to, the, to the government. Everybody can do a PSYOP on anybody. But this is a government PSYOP with the media <laughs> complicit at the highest levels. That's oh, what me- I think. The media is complicit, but there's holes in the system. There's always They holes. launched it and they scenarioed out how he would be responded to. But there were memos out there that I, I mean, I haven't seen them, but I am confident that the word came down from up above Ignore Ron Paul and the word came down from up above. I actually do. I actually did have a read an article where the CNN people were like, why are we being told to pump up Trump? They were complaining about it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, no, they, I believe I, that. But yeah, that, I'm that saying means... it comes down from above and then it and then it takes its own course or it, it's it's a natural. They want to talk about him. They probably wanted yeah. to talk about Ron Paul, but they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe that. But what I'm saying is. He knew how to – what I'm saying is the person who's going to be able to do it is going to know how to 
influence that person at the top who tells the people at the bottom what to do. This is what they say in all the propaganda books. They say you reach the person at the top and you influence them in subtle, not in subtle, so indirect ways. Like when ways. Trump had a meeting with Roger Ailes, you think it was Trump telling well, Ailes? I'm not Ailes saying it. I'm not. I don't know if it was or not. What I'm saying is right. the person who is able to do it is going to have to use that. This is the strategy that these propaganda books describe to to uh, manipulate society and. and it's say, the same thing applies. If someone wants to uh, manipulate the media, then it's, you don't go to the local reporter. You find the person who who is the freaking owns the network, and, and you influence them on, in an indirect way. That's what Bernays and all these people talk about. I hear you, but I but Roger Ailes takes orders from Rupert Murdoch, and nobody else is. My, you know that's what I'm just saying about this. But I then uh, you go to Rupert Murdoch. Right, but I think it's Rupert <laughs> Murdoch who's going to Donald Trump in this case. Right. Because Rupert Murdoch exists for the international power elite. Like he that he exists for that is the top, unless right. there are lizards. Like, well, then you go so, to the lizards. You, you so it's go. the three dimensional chess thing. Got, it's yeah. a three dimensional chess. Yes. Donald Trump can manipulate uh Mika Brzezinski or whatever maybe, but he's not getting to Roger Ailes. But let's get back to the Epstein thing. Okay. Well, what, my, what I'm saying is my point on that is, is, is that we have to figure out what our, our measurement criteria is because the people who – the person who's going to be able to influence them is going to look like a lot like the people who are also on the inside. So that's what I've been trying to think about a lot is what, what is the way to uh, – to, The Batman theory? Yes. What are the subtle ways to recognize and, and how someone – might be uh, an infiltrator who is truly trying to serve uh, uh, an agenda of the well, people. Well, one is they're going to get no press. <laughs> but you're saying, oh, no, I see what you're saying. They, yeah, they're going to get press they because can, they, yeah, yeah they, they're going to know how to do how they're going to know how to work the system. The Epstein thing, I thought uh, that what's going on in the media right now is they're neutralizing it by putting a lot of disinfo that drowns out. And that was in Cass Sunstein's thing about how to deal with conspiracy theories to overwhelm good sites, good information with disinformation that will discredit the real information. Okay, I wanted to tell the difference in Trump and and Clinton, and I wanted to read this letter that has Clinton Foundation directly in it because that's what people are talking about because the Clinton Foundation is implicated and and get in helping. They talk about Clinton Foundation being pay for play. This is the biggest evidence of the Clinton Foundation pe- being pay for play that anybody is ever going to see. Yet. Yeah, and you're never going to hear it from Comey or anybody else. Right. This is this this right here is proof of Clinton Foundation pay for play. The differences right. in Trump and in Trump and Clinton are that these elites were were given subpoenas. They all avoided the subpoenas on a technicality or they skipped town and this Maxwell this oh, Maxwell yeah. woman she she said that her mother was sick and she couldn't come to this deposition and that was proven to be wrong when she showed up in a picture at Chelsea Clinton's wedding now this is the number 2 in command the person that goes and teaches Yeah we have to show that picture we right. mentioned it last week but we need to put that in the show Exactly so so she is the number 2 person in control at at Chelsea Clinton's wedding after this man has already been convicted of, of all of these crimes, and Donald Trump in 2007 banned Epstein from his hotel because Epstein apparently assaulted a woman there. The investigator said that Trump actually, when he got a subpoena, he cooperated. The only one who cooperated, he was a helpful witness, and they said he didn't have, awesome. any, didn't have anything to do with it. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know the further extent of that, but the people who were asking the questions said that 
He didn't have anything to do with it. And also one thing I found interesting is that Trump flew on the plane one time and Epstein's brother, when asked about it, Clinton flew 27 times. Epstein's brother, mm-hmm. when asked about that, said, I think he just wanted to ride home because he wanted to leave. Wow. Epstein's gardener was asked about Trump, and, and Epstein's gardener said something like – I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something like he wasn't like the other, the other rich mm-hmm. people. He, he came and ate in the kitchen. I it, read that article. With all of us, yeah. with all the workers and stuff instead yeah. of sitting in there with, with the elites. So – Trump banned him. The Clinton Foundation continued receiving money from Epstein even after he was already convicted of pedophilia, had the number two in command at Chelsea Clinton's wedding, and the Clintons never addressed any questions surrounding the the connections with Epstein the 27 times on this plane. And on the plane, in in like 11 of those flights, were girls with stripper names like chocolate or stuff like that. (laughs) Girls was like, oh my gosh, that's clearly somebody who is – and he went on the plane like – I think it was five times without Secret Service, and that's that's crazy. The wow, politicians that is. don't ever do that. So, and, and what you know, the quote about um, Virginia Roberts saying that uh, Epstein laughed and said, "Oh, he owes me a favor." That's why yeah. he's down here. He owes me a yeah, favor. Yeah, but that's that was so confusing to me. Why would it be a favor to Epstein to have Bill Clinton there? Why isn't know. it a favor to Bill Clinton? I mean, no, I, there's definitely information yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah there you is. Know, there's why, a lot of a why? lot of missing you know, information. What, uh, Bill likely in that case was giving Epstein credibility, right, to lure somebody in. Yeah, you're you're that's right. That's purely speculative, it's, but it's, they, you know there has to be. Why would you know? It just sounds like <laughs> he'd be doing – it would be not a favor to go right. do that kind of crazy well, stuff. Well, I'm sure Bill the- loved going down there. So here's, here's the in- – yeah. now there's a letter. Now in order to get this deal, and you have to understand that this deal, even Hillary Clinton supporters – it's funny because there's like a few videos of a couple pretty prominent Hillary Clinton supporters – like the Young Turks, you ever heard of them? Yes, yes. They 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 love Hillary Clinton, but like they were you, on Air America Radio, and now they have like uh, the guy has a uh, used to be a conservative actually. Nobody knows that, but he has like uh, a little uh, YouTube. Yeah, he has TV show, TV show. So they they were huge Bernie supporters, and when they were huge, this is this is a good way to find out uh, um, some critical information about like Hillary is. Um, People who supported Bernie news networks, like online, they were mm-hmm. bashing Hillary with stuff they won't even talk yeah. about now. Yeah, they won't even talk about. It. And they did this like fifteen minute thing on Epstein and how. And he, I think he uh, is a lawyer, maybe also. And they laid out, they laid out some really good evidence because I always look for these commentators on the other side, uh, so so that we can uh, so that so because people be like, oh, that's a Fox News thing. So I'll be like, well, this is actually right. your guy saying this right here. So all right, so there's lots of that stuff on com- Hillary right complete now. Complete corruption. Case and the one of the the ways that they got this is something called a, a plea negotiation letter. And you write this letter to the district attorney of the United States in this case, and you make your case as to why they should give you a deal. And we told you we told you about the deal that he got the thirteen months. He built the prison himself. He only had to stay at night. <laughs> well, Epstein. They laid out basically the 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 important part of this here is he brags about his membership in the Trilateral Association, the Council on Foreign Relations. The philanthropy trips that he took with world leaders, his friendship with Bill Clinton, and and he brags about how he was one of the original people who conceived of the Clinton Foundation, of the Clinton Initiative, one of the original founders of the Clinton Foundation. This is explicitly written in this letter, and I'll put a screenshot or even put the document in the uh, in, in the link. 
and it's never brought up. Do you know who signed the letter? Was that a Ken Starr thing, or what was that? Let me see. One of his lawyers, or just the t- not signed, signed by him? It's it's his uh, lawyers and Dursowich. It's Dursowich who was also implicated. Who is the perp? Yeah, Dursowich. If you read about Dershowitz, his is even more. I mean, his connections seem even more insidious than Bill Clinton's. And he came out. Dershowitz was like, "This is outrageous. That this uh, that you that uh, I'm being thrown over under the bus like this. I have never done anything like this." They really deny right. with the full credibility. And then Dersowich said that he can't rule out. He said he, he would not definitively say that Bill Clinton was not on that island having sex with underage girls. Oh, my God. He, he, he couldn't even say because that. Because it's a lie. You know, if it were a lie, which right. I don't know. But. I mean, he framed it in a lawyerly speak, but he very explicitly did not did not clear Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton has never at least publicly been asked about this when people, this is why, and I do Look, I totally agree about the control of the media. My whole thing is just like somebody is going to learn how to, how to pretend to be one of them and, and, and destroy it from the inside basically. But mm-hmm. the, the, the media, like when I hear Chris Wallace asking about the Clinton foundation and, and he doesn't bring this up, everything else is just yeah. a joke. Now I, I doubt My guess is that that level media is highly compartmentalized. Yes. Like Obama, like Obama is not uh, surfing the web to find the real truth. You know, he's not doing that. Chris Wallace isn't doing his own research. Yes. it's, It's intentionally compartmentalized so that these people can have a straight face. I mean, that's the origin of like plausible deniability is that you don't tell them. Don't right. tell them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they don't know. So that that we we're can you say where you got turned on to this actual documented information? I just emailed the the lawyer and he sent me he told me where to find what it. What lawyer? The lawyer for one of the victims. Yes, that's what I'm I'm trying to say is that you did a little research. The information was there and nobody cares at all. Like right. this, this could you imagine that this was like a continuing – there's a continuing story, a couple of continuing stories in the Wall Street Journal about one is a medical company called Theranos, and one is about the president of Malaysia and how corrupt these people are. Just every other week, I mean, there's probably been a dozen articles about each one of those, just on and on and on. This guy embezzled money. This chick lied about test results. On and on, the same thing, and in continuing investigation – could you imagine if they were really interested in like a hard hitting journalism? This is they, like if this uh, were the article that they had led their their new uh you know a continuing series on the Jeffrey Epstein cover up. You know? I mean, this is a movie, a television series. This is as dramatic as it gets. I know. I was thinking that as they definitely will never get made, and now it's being neutralized. But uh, I think we ought to wrap it up rather than get into other. Topics. Yes. Is there anything you wanted to to conclude on this particular? Yeah, I just want I just wanted to conclude that there's going to be these news stories come out. Hopefully, evidence does come out. But if you want to show people the real evidence, then um, I, I'll I'll see if I can link this document on on the website or something, um, and then sh- send people to real court documents. When you show people real documents and real from the the case itself, yeah. they cannot deny it. 
A lot of it's insanely boring to read. It is. But the first one you sent me, which was like 57 pages. It was dramatic. I mean, I stayed up. I was up. You know, I was so tired. And I was like, whoa. I was reading it on my phone. It was so tiny. But like, just like went to iBooks or whatever. And I just was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a page (laughs) turner. It was crazy. It was just crazy. They were admitting that these, that they were <laughs> breaking the law, basically. Unbelievable abuse of power. Unbelievable. Unbelievable abuse of power with real victims. It's not even like uh, underage drinking, you know, where they wanted to drink. And you know what I mean? Oh, or smoking yeah, yeah. pot. It was yeah. a real victims. So that's it. I did want to direct people to an article I wrote recently about, I wanted to talk about it on the air, but we don't really... You know, let's wrap it up and maybe we talk about it another time, but about an article where Vern Jordan, a Bill Clinton advisor, is calling upon big tech to protect us from unfiltered information in the news, that it's destroying our democracy. And uh, it's really interesting. I'm going to add some new waves to that. But if you're interested in uh, in that, which was timely from this week, check it out on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And uh, what else? So we're, um, where should people go? What do you want to tell people, Binkley? I'm recording a little post-show insert that I'll put in somewhere where it is relevant because I want to make sure that I emphasize the importance of the fact that the Clintons were mentioned and the Clinton Foundation was mentioned along with these other powerful organizations, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the Rockefeller Institute. The Rockefeller Foundation was also mentioned. Epstein's connections with them mentioned in the plea negotiation letter is what I mean. The plea negotiation letter, which the sole purpose of is to present your case as to why your client, who despite all the evidence, despite all the evidence of his guilt, should be given a plea deal. So the reasons included within that document are very significant, and they speak volumes to the types of organizations and the types of people who allow themselves to be used in that fashion. Their name is being used to help someone who has an overwhelming amount of evidence proving that they committed a crime. It's being used to give them a lesser sentence, a sweetheart deal. The organizations and the people who said, yes, you can use my organization's name and you can use my relationship with this person who's going to be facing these charges – as a way to get them a reduced sentence. In this case, anyway, they're saying yes. The Clintons, Bill and Hil- Hillary Clinton, in this case of Jeffrey Epstein, are saying, yes, I will help you get a reduced sentence for the leader of an international human sex trafficking of minors and pedophile ring. I will help you get him a reduced sentence, knowing that he might have otherwise been facing life in prison. And I will also help you get complete and total immunity for his co-conspirators, a group of International elites who are pedophiles, who abuse little girls. I will help you help them. That's what this is saying. This was not something that was done without the Clintons' permission. I cannot emphasize that enough. Dersowicz, one of the most powerful lawyers in the world, isn't going to throw the former president's name onto a plea letter that's trying to help a pedophile. You don't do that without the president's permission. So this was not done without the permission of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Bill and Hillary Clinton willingly agreed to help a criminal, a sex criminal, and a group of sex criminals who committed the following crimes. And this is only a small sampling of these crimes. Sexually abusing just under 40 girls nationally and internationally. Knowingly traveling in interstate commerce to sexually abuse girls for the purpose of sexually abusing girls and for prostituting girls out. International human sex trafficking. Sex trafficking of children by force, fraud, or coercion. Something that carries a 
Minimum sentence of 15 years, maximum of life. Child abuse, sexual trafficking, forcing another to become a prostitute, unlawful sexual activity with a minor. Epstein even directed his sex slaves to have sex with each other. He would say, you come over here, get on top of her. Then he would play with himself, and he would go over and rub them while they were doing it. And they didn't have a choice in the matter. So the people who are allowing their names to be used in this document are, are saying, I acknowledge those crimes. I acknowledge this overwhelming amount of evidence, and I'm, yes, you can put my name on this document and use it as a way to take what would potentially be life in prison decades at the minimum because multiple crimes that he committed repeatedly – that's the government's word – that Epstein repeatedly did these things are first-degree felonies and carry potentially life sentences, minimum of decades in prison. So yes, you can put my name and my organization on there to take what could potentially be a life sentence and turn it into a 13-month slap on the wrist. And you can use it to take what would be potentially a life sentence for a group of international pedophiles, and you can give them complete immunity, shield them from any investigation now or in the future. I'm okay with you using my name to allow a group of international pedophiles who abuse underage girls to roam free without any accountability. That's what that means to see the Clinton's name on this document. There's a 0% chance that it wasn't put on there without their willing permission. On top of that, that's also acknowledging the people who allow themselves to be put in this document, the Clintons. That's also acknowledging, I understand what these crimes are, and I understand that there's 40 victims, underage girls who were abused, and I understand that they're not going to get to see the people who abused them face justice. I understand that. I understand that this will rob them of justice. And I, I understand that you're manipulating them and you aren't going to let them know that this deal's going on because they would never agree to it. And they have a legal right to be given notice. And they have a legal right to confer with the council. And they have a legal right to oppose it and stop it. So I know that you're going to manipulate them and pull the wool over their eyes, which is clearly described in the court documents. And I acknowledge, I acknowledge you're doing that. So that's the importance of of the fact that the Clinton's name is on this document. This is not just thrown in there. I mean, this is a very strategic four horsemen thing going on. Clinton Foundation, Bill Clinton, Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations, Rockefellers. This is a threat, is what this letter is. This is Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer saying, I understand that you have an overwhelming amount of evidence against my client. Nobody's denying that. He'd be absolutely guilty. But what I'm saying is, here are his friends. Here are the people he also has evidence on. So if you take Epstein down, he's bringing the whole house down with him. So it's in your best interest, district attorney, to make sure that those girls don't find out that this deal's happening and that we get Epstein a reduced sentence because you do not want him testifying in court. And these people who are involved in these organizations certainly do not because when you look at the flight logs and when you look at the people who are in and out of Epstein's Island, you see people from the Trilateral Commission. You see people from the Council on Foreign Relations. You see Bill Clinton. These people have a very, very high stake in protecting Jeffrey Epstein. That's what this means when you see their name in this letter. That's how Jeffrey Epstein protected himself on all fronts. He selected girls with specifically troubled backgrounds because they'd be easier to manipulate down to the island. Girls who had parents that were addicted to crack, girls who were homeless. He also selected girls with troubled backgrounds because he knew that in the future he'd be able to run a smear campaign on them if they ever testified against him, which is exactly what happened. So he specifically chose girls that he could abuse again by using their background against them. 12-year-old girls who might have been homeless or used drugs. I mean this is abusive 
predatory behavior at its worst. He also had everybody who worked in his organizations spying on and gathering information about everybody else. Maxwell would take pictures of the girls and gather information on them. The he would force the girls to get information on the, on the wealthy elites. He was building blackmail material on everybody People. so, so that when this happened, he could say, I'm bringing everybody down with me unless everybody protects me. And that's how you get the feds to bend over backwards, despite the fact that there's an overwhelming amount of evidence proving that this guy committed a crime that carries a life sentence with it. That's how you get the U.S. attorney to bend over backwards to work out a deal that protects a bunch of wealthy elites, wealthy elite pedophiles who are facing a crime who also, that also carries a life sentence with it. That's how you get the U.S. attorney to give them complete and full immunity. That's how you get the U.S. attorney to say, screw the victims. Let's lie to them and make sure they never find out about this until it's too late. That's how you get a former president to endorse, with his name and with his foundation, a letter that reduces severe child abuse, rape, molestation, sex trafficking charges from life, potentially, in prison to 13-month slap on the wrist to full immunity for many of those involved while intentionally lying and manipulating the girls who were victimized to make sure they don't find out about it until it's too late. That's how you do that. You have to ask yourself, would you allow your name or your organization to be used to help a child rapist get immunity from his crimes? To help a cabal of international child rapists get immunity, never having to face justice for their crimes, knowing that people who were potentially facing a life sentence are going to get nothing and that the victims that they abused repeatedly aren't even going to find out about it or have a chance to stop this deal until it's too late. Would you allow your name to be used to make that happen? Not unless you absolutely had to. Not unless the alternative was going to destroy you because of what the people who committed those crimes had against you, had on you. I certainly don't recall any former presidents lining up to try and get immunity for Bill Cosby. Hey, we understand that Bill Cosby did all these horrible things, but come on! There is a 0% chance that Bill and Hillary Clinton did not know that this was going on. Alan Dershowitz did not put Bill Clinton's name in his quote. He did not put the Clinton Foundation in this letter without the Clintons knowing it, without having the Clintons' permission and endorsement, without fully informing the Clintons of what was going on, of who the parties were, of what the consequences were, if Jeffrey Epstein was convicted, of what interests and stake they had in it. There is a 0% chance that there was not total, complete awareness of what was going on before Bill and Hillary Clinton said, yes, put Bill's name in there, use Bill's quote, and tell them about how Jeffrey Epstein helped start the Clinton Foundation. There was full and total information awareness on this. And the Clintons endorsed it, and they knew exactly what was going on, and they knew exactly who was being victimized. They knew they were victimizing these girls. They knew they were giving 100% immunity to a, to a cabal of pedophiles from around the world, and they knew that they were getting a sweetheart deal for Jeffrey Epstein, who could have been facing life in prison. And they knew that if they didn't do this, that if Jeffrey Epstein faced trial, that damning information that would have brought them down and destroyed them would have been revealed. I want to cover one final thing in this little insert before I wrap it up even though the election will probably be underway already by the time we post this i want to make sure people who support hillary and defend hillary and bill clinton and the clinton foundation i want to make sure they know the clear differences in the relationship between jeffrey epstein and bill and hillary clinton and the clinton foundation and the relationship between jeffrey epstein and donald trump because there are some significant differences despite what the internet 
misinformation might lead them to believe. Both have flown on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express. Donald Trump has flown one time. He was at a party. He saw that the plane was leaving, or he saw that Jeffrey Epstein's brother was leaving, and Donald Trump wanted to ride home. He wanted to leave. So he flew on the Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein's brother. This, according to Jeffrey Epstein's brother. Bill Clinton, on the other hand, has flown on the Lolita Express 26 times. I said 27 earlier, it's 26. Five of those times, he didn't have Secret Service with him. Eleven of those times, he flew on the plane with Maxwell. I referenced this earlier. Maxwell, whose job it is to ride on that plane and go find girls to abuse. So Bill Clinton was on that plane with her. Both have phone numbers in his little black book, Jeffrey Epstein's little black book. There were 14 of Donald Trump's phone numbers and 21 of Bill Clinton's phone numbers. It seemed like this was Epstein's intel more than it seemed like it was people giving him their phone numbers and information. The same is true for Bill Clinton. It seems more like this is Epstein collecting intel. Both have been identified as being at Jeffrey Epstein's house. Donald Trump went to a dinner party. Jeffrey Epstein's gardener said that unlike, strangely, unlike all the other elites, Donald Trump didn't eat in the room with with all the elites. He ate in the kitchen with the workers and stood up while he ate and spoke with them. Donald Trump banned Jeffrey Epstein from his hotel in 2007. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton continued accepting donations to the Clinton Foundation from Jeffrey Epstein after he was already convicted as a pedophile, after everybody already knew he was a pedophile. Continued accepting donations. Clinton allowed his organization, Clinton Foundation, his name, his quote, to help Jeffrey Epstein get away with systematic abuse of children, of underage girls, by lending his name and quote to that plea letter. I've already covered that in depth. Donald Trump was subpoenaed to give a deposition, and he was one of very few people who actually cooperated. Others like Maxwell, as we already mentioned, skipped town, got out of their deposition, their subpoena on a technicality. Donald Trump, as soon as he realized he was going to be subpoenaed, he called the lawyer directly and he said, you don't need to subpoena me, and he immediately cooperated. The lawyer of the victim said during the call, Donald Trump was open and forthright. He was in no way involved in Epstein's activity. There's no evidence that would implicate Trump. He described Trump as being extremely helpful and honest during the questioning. So Trump, when he finds out that he's going to be subpoenaed, he goes directly to the lawyer. He's open, honest, and helpful. Maxwell, when she finds out she's going to be deposed, she makes up a story about how she's going to be out of the country and how she's never coming back, when in reality, she was at Chelsea Clinton's wedding photographed. So that's a comparison of how the Clinton side handles this case and how the Trump side handles it. His name was cleared by the people asking the questions who were defending the victims. Donald Trump's was. Bill Clinton's, on the other hand, has not been. There's a clear difference in the way the two come out. Donald Trump comes out clean. Bill Clinton comes out, well, draw your own conclusions. Okay. Uh, This concludes Episode 10 of The Propaganda Report.